We have made it. Ten days since we saw the dogs take down Michigan in Miami. We have made it to the revenge game. Can Georgia finally get over the hump? Multiple humps. Get over (laughs) the Nick Saban mountain that exists. Get over the 1980 mountain that exists. Bring the natty back to the state of Georgia. We have made it. We will find out very soon. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko on this Monday afternoon. Uh, some quick, I guess, business to get to here just to let you know what the schedule looks like the rest of the day. So if you are listening in Savannah, we got three and out obviously coming up next, uh, but in Savannah, a little bit abbreviated three and out. The guys broadcasting live from Coach's Corner at 4 o'clock. We're going to kick off the Georgia pregame coverage of the national championship. So Scott Howard, Eric Zire, and those guys taking you all the way up to kickoff at 8 p.m. If you are listening in Brunswick or Waycross, uh, you will hear the full three hours of three and out. And then coming up at 7 o'clock, we have the ESPN national broadcast of the game between Alabama and Georgia. So 7 o'clock, the pregame coverage will start uh, with the ESPN personalities leading you all the way up to kickoff of the ESPN broadcast of the game. Again, that's if you are listening in Brunswick or Waycross. So we got you covered wherever you are listening along the Georgia coast. Obviously, this show is going to be dominated by national championship talk. And PJ, I just want to start off the top of the show by asking you, as we sit here just a few hours out, what's your gut telling you? Where, where, where are you leaning? I'm leaning the same way. I, I've stayed consistently on, on Georgia this whole time. I, I will. There's always that little bit. Anytime you're picking against Alabama, it's it's well, it's Alabama. You know, do I really want to do this? It's it's Nick Saban. He's probably going to find a way. They've already played them once. They've already beaten them once. Like, what else should tell me to pick Alabama other than that? And I'm like, you know what? I truly believe in in this Georgia team. Truly believe in their depth, in their coaching, in hopefully what will be a bit of a different strategy and and like kind of what we've talked about. Uh, a stress, yeah, even if Alabama goes on a run, even if they go up to stick with your game plan and, and what you do best, I think they'll do that. I don't think they necessarily did that in the SEC championship game. I think they got away from their stuff a little too early. But, yeah, I'm, I'm staying with Georgia. And, there, like I said, there's always that little bit of nervousness and, and this do you really want to make this pick. But, hey, it is what it is. I'm sticking with it. And uh, not only that, you know, history tells me to, to, to stay with it, too, um, with how rematches have gone in the oh, yeah, national thought, championship before. Nauseam, yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and I, I mean, I will say, though, there is, there, is a, there is a different reason. Like, it's not just, well, it's hard to beat a team twice in the same year, so that's why I'm picking them. Like, no, that's, that's not it. Maybe that might be like 2 to 5% of it, but everything else is just my belief in this Georgia team and, and what I've seen from them this year. All right, so we got to do some housekeeping uh, before we dive too much further into this game, PJ. Uh, starting with the Atlanta Falcons, they fall 30-20 to 20 in their season finale there uh, to the New Orleans Saints. Don't let 30-20 to 20 fool you uh, with less than a minute. The Falcons tack on a touchdown. Uh, important, important for Matt Ryan, though, uh, because that gave him 20 on the year, which puts him in pretty elite company in terms of 13 consecutive years with at least 20 passing touchdowns. So Matt Ryan getting it done there. But the news really coming out after the game yesterday, uh, Chris Mortensen saying 
anyone, or excuse me, before the game yesterday, anyone trying to move Matt Ryan to Pittsburgh as Ben Roethlisberger's successor can put that speculation to rest. Falcons coach Arthur Smith wanted Ryan to return when he took the job, and he has made it clear to owner Arthur Blank and GM Terry Fontenot that Ryan is his quarterback for 2022. Now, after the game, Arthur Smith came out and kind of, I don't want to say push back against that, but he gave you the coach speak where he was like, no decisions have been made. Uh, no, neither one of us would leak this out. I'm not making a decision without Terry Fontenot. We're partners in this. Gave you the coach speak. Uh, but Chris Mortensen isn't wrong a ton. Uh, one of the most well-respected yeah. reporters uh, around the NFL. So Chris Mortensen saying Matt Ryan's going to be the quarterback in 2022. I don't think anyone, that should surprise anyone. Because of how much money it's going to cost, not just to have him, but if you moved him, how much dead money uh, you would have on your cap, and would it make you better to have dead money and not have Matt Ryan? So that shouldn't surprise you. But also, with a skeleton crew of an offense, Matt Ryan's stat line for this season, 3,968 yards and 20 touchdowns. He did have 12 picks, but that's pretty much on par with what we've seen from him for the last five or six years, right? Matt Ryan's going to throw some interceptions because he tries to force some balls in there, but almost 4,000 yards again, 20 touchdowns, and didn't have Julio Jones, didn't have Calvin Ridley for a majority of the season. Uh, his best target was a rookie tight end coming into the league that took five, six weeks to really figure out his game and then went on to have a pretty historic season. But mm -hmm. And once again, one of the most hit quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Right? So I... Anyone who looks at Matt Ryan and says he's the problem with the team and they're upset about the news that he's going to be back next year, I don't know what else to tell you. You just dug your feet so far in to the sand that you're not you're not moving anywhere. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and this is what I've always I tried to tell people about. For for instance, right, like M Matt Ryan's not having. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you look historically, actually, he he kind of is. He reminds me a lot of Matt Stafford. And just the situation that he was in with Detroit for Damn, so did many years. You just years. call the Falcons the Lions? Not exactly, right? Because I, I know the Falcons have have been a lot further, and and obviously almost won a Super Bowl a, f a few years ago. But over the past three or four years, you know, four or five years, you kind of been down in that territory, and uh, it it is what it is. And so historically, no. Over the last three or four years, like it's it's been very frustrating, but. Similarly with, with him, like with this year especially, like you said, a skeleton crew on offense, it always seems like he's getting hit. You turn it over to the defense, and, and you have situations where, all right, we've gone out, we've scored a bunch of points this game, and you look at the defense, and it's just it's not happening defensively. They're giving up too many points. and they, so. Yeah, I mean, your best running back was a wide receiver. Right, yeah, exactly. So there's, there's so many issues in the fact that he's been insanely consistent. Like, this is the first year that, that he hasn't put up 4,000 4, uh, yards in a long, long time, and he was right there with, with 3,900. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think if you uh, – I mean, we saw it, it with four or five years ago with, with the Falcons. You put the tools around him and a decent offensive line in front of him, he's going to light up the scoreboard for you basically every single week. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised to hear that Arthur Smith is completely behind him. Um, I, I do think, he, yeah, he, he went and, and said that for sure. And I don't see why there would be a bunch of pushback from the top at, yeah. in, in the, your coach saying, listen, I still believe in this quarterback – 
let's stick with him and let's build around him even more and, and try and do that. So um, I, I'm not surprised this, but I'm happy and happy and relieved uh, to hear this because again, no, I don't, I don't think he's an insanely big issue with this offense by any means. And if you want to get a guy for the future, sure, whatever. If you want to get a guy to develop for th- for two or three yard, uh, years down the road, that that's fine. Uh, but in the draft or something like that. But I'm I'm relieved to hear that they're not gonna, you know, ditch it ditch it and run this early, especially into uh, Arthur Smith's tenure. Well, if it was his choice anyway, we'll we'll see how. Uh, the, well, I mean, the, I, the other leadership. I think it's got to be Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot's choice, and really, it's it's Arthur Smith's choice because, for the most part, the head coach. And I know there's a lot of teams that have had back and forths on this, but especially an offensive-minded head coach, he's going to get the say onto who his quarterback is going to be, especially if he's already on the team. So coming into this franchise. Arthur Smith knew what the salary cap situations were with Matt Ryan, with Julio Jones. Now, we saw how he handed Julio. Julio was gone pretty much as soon as he got here, headed up to Tennessee, right? So, yeah. And really, that was just a salary dump, which really wasn't that great of a salary dump because you're still eating some money there. But that being said, I think the plan has been, unless something catastrophic happened this year, Matt Ryan was going to be the quarterback. Now, that's not saying we don't see the Falcons maybe take a quarterback this year, P.J., you have the That's number saying, yeah. you have the number yeah. 8 overall pick. But from what we're hearing from most people is this is a relatively down quarterback class versus what you could potentially see next year and would the Falcons be better off drafting if Evan Neal somehow falls to them if a Kyle Hamilton this big safety uh from Notre Dame falls to them would they be better filling another filling another position maybe help Jamison Williams I mean you don't know the future of Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones is gone. Russell Gage is your best receiver right now. Do you go get the best available wide receiver at number eight? That's a round where you've seen a lot of them go. I mean, didn't Jamar Chase go four overall or something like that yeah. this past year? So, I mean, it would not be uncanny to see a wide receiver taken right there. And the Falcons certainly need wide receiver help. So, I mean, do you see a Jamison Williams there? Sitting here right now on January 10th, I think the Falcons, you should take the best player you can right there. And it's not going to be quarterback. Right. Like Matt Corral, I think the end of his season, I'm not saying the injury, I'm just saying how he played. The end of his season probably put some question marks in some people's minds. Uh, down year for Malik Willis. He's still going to be a first round pick. Kenny Pickett kind of came out of nowhere this year, coming back for a senior year, playing himself into maybe the number one overall quarterback. But I mean, are you spending the number eight overall pick on Kenny Pickett? When you have, no, when you have so many issues around it, I, I don't. I don't think so. There's so many different places that, that you can use guys, and obviously the top 10 talents, I mean, you, you bring those guys in instead. And, heck, because of the way this quarterback draft is this year, I think it, it could be insanely volatile. Like, we, we could see uh, some of those quarterbacks go in the top 10 for sure. We could also see a majority of them fall in the second round, depending on the just per- perception of the teams that are drafting them and, and, and what they need. Uh, I, I really don't think this is a, a year – well, this is a, a bit of a hot take maybe because I feel like we see uh, teams reach on quarterbacks every year. But right. this might be a year where, where we don't see a lot of reaches when it comes to quarterback. Uh, we don't see a lot of chances taken. So you could maybe get one of these guys when, when you get your second pick and, and when you have an opportunity there. So, uh, yeah, no, for sure. I, I think at eight there, there's so many there, – there's a lot of different opportunities and there's a lot of different holes on your team. Uh, that, that you can try and fill. 
So you have the number eight overall pick in the, in the first round, and then going to the second round, you'll have the 11th pick of the second round and the 31st pick of the second round, 10th pick of the third round, uh, as of right now, 9th of the fourth, 8th of the fifth, and 11th of the sixth round. But, I mean, that's three picks in the first two rounds. You should be able to do some damage there, especially For sure. uh, with some of those picks towards the higher end of those rounds. So already looking ahead to the draft. You know, it's one of our favorite things to do. But we have a massive game coming up tonight, as uh, Katy Perry let you know at the intro of the show. <laughs> Georgia, Alabama. It feels like we've been talking about this game for half the season, whether it was previewing the SEC championship. Because, I mean, basically once Texas A&M and Auburn started losing and Georgia was doing Georgia things, we've pretty much been previewing this since three-quarters of the way through the season. And then the SEC championship happened, and we pretty much knew we were going to be here after the College Football Selection Committee announced the semifinals. So it feels like we've been talking about this game for about three months. We're going to do it some more Coming up next, I guess the final preview show of Alabama, Georgia, now 2.0 for 2021, coming up here this time for the national championship. We got more to come here on ESPN Radio after this. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source, two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. Again, coming up 4 o'clock in Savannah, we have Georgia football pregame coming your way. Kevin, BJ, and Ben have three and out going live from Coach's Corner in Savannah. The guys will be hanging up, leading up to the national championship between Alabama and Georgia Coach's Corner, the perfect place to watch the national championship game coming up at 8 o'clock. If you're listening in Brunswick or Waycross, we'll have pregame coverage for you on ESPN Radio starting at 7 p.m., and then we will have the game coming up again at 8 p.m. But, PJ... Fans who have been listening to the radio for a while, or to this station in particular, right? they'll know what we're about to do. But just like any good football team, we see concepts, we see routes, we see defensive structures, we see pass rushes, we see plays that we like. We steal them. Of course. And we formulate them to fit our needs. For sure. We I haven't heard this one in a while, though, and I'm really excited about it. I've stolen Someone it from say that's what the best teams yeah, do, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. I've stolen it from the depths and the dungeons of three and out. They abandoned it. They left it sitting alone. Like a like a grocery store parking lot. And I commend the, it too, because it's yeah. been stranded for a while. Yeah, in the rain. But it's stayed alive. It's cold. It was hungry, but we're yeah. we're adopting it and we're bringing it home with us. And we're gonna raise it like our own. Coming to you right now, no huddle on second down. <laughs> One. All right, PJ, which Georgia defender needs to have the biggest game? I'll say it's uh, what I said last week. Same guy I said last week, it possibly winning the MVP, and that's uh, Nakobe Dean, I think. He needs to be everywhere tonight. You look at Georgia's, I feel like, best games defensively, and he is always making an insane impact out there and, and, and coming up with turnovers, coming up with sacks, uh, even if it's not those tackles for losses and just being everywhere uh, that the ball is. So I think he needs to do that tonight, possibly come away with a turnover or two or force uh, a fumble or something like that, and just be tracking uh, Bryce Young like crazy out of the backfield. PJ, this is the no huddle. I know you're from Big Ten territory with the I formation, but we got to go. Uh, I'm We're trying say, to run the clock. <laughs> I'm going to say Jalen Carter, defensive lineman. He's got to get after Bryce Young. Jalen Carter. All right. Take two. Or no, take two. Now it's still, now it's still <laughs> a whole other segment. Second question here. What is the biggest thing from the SEC championship that Georgia needs to fix? Uh, they, they don't need Stetson Bennett throwing the, throwing the football so many times. And whether that was 
a game plan going into the SEC championship, or it was, oh crap, Alabama's on a run. We, we need to we need to keep up with them, and then you just start slinging it. That doesn't need to happen. Be balanced, beat Georgia, and let Stetson be effective, but not throwing it not near 50 attempts. That's insane. Uh, I'm going to say, kind of sticking with my other theme, zero sacks in the SEC championship. Got to fix that. Got to get after Bryce Young. All right. Who will be Georgia's leading receiver? Oh, leading receiver. That, uh, that, that's a good one. There's so many different. I mean, they could have a running could, back, a wide receiver, a tight yeah, end. Yeah, they could have a tight end come out. I mean, obviously, in the SEC championship, Brock Bowers just kind of went off yeah. in the second half for sure. Um, I'm going to go with McConkie. No, no, no. Wait, huh? wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. no, 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 no hold, on. hold on. Hold on. Not, not, um, Ah oh, man! Oh no! Oh, PJ, I'm, I'm gonna go. No, I'm, I'm gonna. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go with Burton. I'm gonna Jermaine go with Burton. Burton bust one loose again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think All he right. hits one or two over the top. I think they're gonna try to try to stop Bowers, but I don't think they can. Give me Brock Bowers to lead Georgia receiving. James Cook a close second. Jimbo Fisher is hosting the coaches' room broadcast on ESPN like two. Which coach would you want to swap him out? With? Oh God, um, Mike Leach, of course. That's a great answer. Yeah, Mike, for sure. All right. I mean, I, you stole my answer there. That's, yeah, a, that's, a, that's a wonderful answer. I mean, if I could, well, I mean, Nick Saban, so he couldn't be there to broadcast the game. All right. <laughs> Will we see a quarterback besides Stetson Bennett or Bryce Young in this game? No, I don't think so. No. I don't think so either, unless it's a blowout. Over under four and a half mentions of second and 26. Ooh, four and a half. Go. Under, I think. Under, I think. Uh, I'm going to take the under, too. What is the most unreputable aspect of the SEC championship? What does unreputable mean? Like, the, the, no way Alabama does this again. Uh, mm, no way Bryce Young throws for that many yards again. No sacks. Got it. Touchdown. We're in. Woo! Just play. But let it run. Who Listen. said... Who said Big Ten teams can't go no <laughs> I, huddle? I was worried because you came out like Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. It's hard. Listen, it's hard to get me out of like the mindset of just, all right, look at it from every angle. Let's do this and that. And I was just like, then I was like, after that, I'm like, all right, I'm fine. I'm yeah, fine. That Let's was go. rough. That was, uh, that was a two-yard run up the middle, <laughs> and then you huddled up. And the clock's running, and Kirk Herbstreit's like yelling on the broadcast, like they're taking too much time. They're taking, they gotta go. That and you're was, like, listen, listen. That was like at the end of the first half when you're not sure if you're gonna try and, and go for more points or not, or just run out the clock. Yeah, you mean like how Georgia kind of handled the end of the first half in the Orange Bowl? Oh, believe. I could tell you a story. I could tell you several stories. Basically, every game this year. Penn State had the ball going in close oh, to a half, go. and James Franklin every time is just like, all right, let's run it. All right, now let's pass it a few times. All right, now, now let's run it. And uh, negative two. All right, let's take our timeouts now. He, no idea what's going on. I, can we can we go back to one of the questions? Though? Jimbo yeah, Fisher. Sure. So That'd Jimbo Fisher is hosting the Coach's Room broadcast, and it's going to be all the Texas A&M coaches. So basically, uh, I can tell you, if you give me a second. Right, for sure. Which one? A callback from earlier in the football season, Texas A&M's – what, what, what was it, the uh, special teams coach? Is he going to be there? Oh, <laughs> Te- you're thinking of Texas' that, head coach. Oh, or, that, it was Texas's, Texas? Texas' special teams coach. That's yeah. true. My fault. Talk about pole assassin right now, PJ? I'm All not right. trying to just the, – Yeah, okay, I got the it right. coach. Film room, film room with Jimbo Fisher will be on ESPN2. So if you want to, you can – Jimbo Fisher uh, can sit there and he, he's going to do some whiteboard talk with you and explain to you, if, hopefully – not, but like if Bryce Young starts carving up Georgia, like what's going on with that? Or if Georgia starts shutting down, what's going on with that? So, but more so than that, I think this is 
gotta infuriate Kirby Smart and Nick Saban because what is Jimbo Georgia game to recruit for Texas A and M? Absolutely, I'm not in, insanely interested in that pitch uh, to you know, the whole night throughout the whole broadcast. We're Tell gonna me. hear it's gonna be what Georgia needs to do because we this is gonna be great. This is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be engaging, insanely like I don't know. I don't. Uh, my interest level for that, if it was another. Another yeah, so, so Mike, that, I, 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 they've done it before. I mean, this is the first time they've done it where it's just like one coaching staff. They've done it yeah. before where they invite different people. Like I think it'd be super I interesting like if yeah. you had a Jimbo Fisher, a Dabo Sweeney coming in, right? Maybe bring old Mac Brown's crusty butt uh, up there. <laughs> uh, Shane Beamer, who's worked on these staffs before, right? Like some those coaches, bring them up there. But like, or like some of the guys. I know Gene Chizik's heading back to be North Carolina's defensive coordinator, but like he was a former coach and an analyst, right? So like, just have as many coaching minds as you can have in there. But like, this is just free recruiting for Texas A and M. Yeah, all in all, and it, there, he's going to be asking questions to his other coaches that that are going to you know push towards what they're doing and, and everything like that, and like what they're how oh, they're wow. progressing what and what they're there. looking for. Like it's it's going to be ridiculous, but. No, I'm with you. Now, I, on the Shane Beamer thing, though, like I, I would love to hear his perspective just on how the year was, and of course his perspective on the two teams. At the same time, though, I feel like I, I feel I, like if Shane Beamer was on there, though, like with Jimbo Fisher and Mike Leach and those guys, he would it, he would get PJ'd. Like for those of you who don't know, <laughs> there's a we have PJ is a verb in here because PJ will be like right at the beginning of a story, and it doesn't matter who it is. Most of the time, it's Kevin. Uh, but for the most part. Somebody just like Kevin or PJ's like, yeah, so this amazing thing happened. This Kevin just storms in and starts telling a story over PJ like PJ doesn't exist. Yeah. So I could see Shane Beamer like starting a conversation like, oh, wow, that's interesting what they did with the two. Yeah, anyway, uh, did you guys see what they did back on the. It's, it's like right. Shane Beamer would just get demolished by those personalities in there. But also, I love Shane Beamer. What's funny about you, you saying that is like, I was about to tell a mayonnaise joke. And I steamrolled you. You just got PJ'd. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, no, no. But you're exactly right. I, I he, he's probably a little too, uh, a little too friendly, a little too nice for 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 that situation. But no, no, uh, I'm with you there. But that I don't know if he's done cleaning out the mayonnaise from everywhere. Like it, it would get all over. It's everything. a lot. And then imagine if you had Shane Beamer and Mac Brown there, and Mac Brown's just staring at him like, man, I wanted that mayonnaise. I wanted that. Ma- I, I wanted. I, I want that frying pan to the face. <laughs> I said, I said, I would give up more than you are willing to give up. For real. No, I just I, – I'm with you 150%, first of all, on the coaches' panel side of things. And if it, if it were me producing, I guess, or whatever, I, I wouldn't have – like, Jimbo Fisher beat Alabama, yeah, but they didn't play Georgia this year. And so, like, what, what's, what's – I, want, I wonder – this is interesting because Texas A&M didn't get to play in a bowl game because of COVID. I I wonder if maybe there's some financial things going to the school from the SEC that that or ESPN I don't like that maybe that's interesting. I'd just rather see even if even if they lost like I'd rather see a team a coach from a team that's played both of them this year yeah or insanely recently and and both Josh Heupel just in there like yeah man they're good. What do you want me to say? What do you want? Yeah, I mean, they're big Shane, and good. Shane that literally Shane Beamer's quote after the Georgia is damn they're big. <laughs> They're fast, like Ivory Christian and Friday Night Lies. He's like, big, they're fast, they're mean, they're dirty, and they're fast. He's like, you said that. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back keep talking about the national championship. Uh, coming up here in a little bit, I'll give you my pick. Uh, but we're going to come back. I got, a, I got a challenge for PJ. 
when we come back. And again, coming up here uh, in about 27 minutes, three and out live from Coach's Corner uh, in Savannah. The guys walking you up to pregame coverage of the national championship. All that coming up right here on ESPN Radio. It's been a danger zone for a bunch of Southern media up there having to drive around in Indianapolis, PJ. We're not used to the ice and the weather. Nah. Uh, that's, I mean, you, you would have been fine. Yeah, that's, that's tough for y'all. You'd have been fine. Good luck. All of our all of our friends from the local media up there covering the national championship in Indianapolis. That's a that's tough because it is not warm. Uh, but it is being played in Indianapolis, Indiana. Right. And so, PJ, that's relatively your territory up there. I mean, it's a little bit to the west, but I mean, same conference, right? So yeah, you should be good. No, exactly. So, <laughs> does that matter in twenty twenty two? Yes, it does. Eh. At least in my mind. Okay. So. I got I got five questions for you here. A little Indiana trivia for you. Okay. Since we're playing the SEC Championship 2.0. Can I just answer every question, Larry Bird? I you think. can. Okay. All right. So All right. the first long-distance auto race in the U.S. was held on May 30th, 1911. Can you guess what it is now called? Um, the, the No, I almost said the wrong one. It's the Indy 500, right? Indianapolis 500. That's correct. Yeah. Indianapolis 500. So then, so like when NASCAR races there, it's the Brickyard 400. Oh, okay, so you almost so, went like full nerd on us there. I almost said the Brickyard 400 NASCAR, but they didn't start racing there until 1994. So. All right, this American president moved to Indiana when he was seven uh, and spent most of his boyhood life in Spencer County. Oh, man. Oh, man, I, I, mm, I don't know. I feel like... Okay, just tell me a president from Indiana. See, I don't know presidents from Indiana. Just throw a guess out there. Uh, I, <laughs> there haven't been that many of them. What are the presidents? <laughs> what, what, President of what? What are the presidents? <laughs> I don't know. Abe Lincoln. Yeah, nailed it. There we go. See, Beautiful. I kind of thought... So, all right. <laughs> So, like, I have family in Indiana. <laughs> you nailed so it. So I've taken road trips up to Indiana, bef- Indiana before, yep. and I remember there's, like, there's two or three, like, signs and, and billboards and, like, monuments and stuff that you drive by, and I just couldn't remember who was on them. But for whatever reason, yep. the top hat just could not get out of my head. All right. Beard. Again, game being played in Indianapolis. We're giving you some Indiana trivia here. Uh, just, just trying to give you some context. Uh, these two explorers set out from Fort Vincent's on their exploration of the Northwest Territory. Lewis and Clark. Nailed it. PJ, just smoking it three for three. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got two more. Come on. You got it. The first professional blank game was played in Fort Wayne, Indiana on May 4th, 1871. Ooh. 1871? Yep. The first professional blank game was played in Fort Wayne, Indiana on May 4th, 1871. Oh, man. I'm going back and forth between two. I'm going back and forth between basketball and and baseball. Because around that, oh, man. It's one of those two things. Because, like, listen, they, they always talk about their basketball up there. At the same, But at the same time, like, where was baseball? Either way, they don't have a lot to do in Indiana other than, like, corn. Dang. Some Big Ten trash ah, talk right there. I'm just going to go because, like, it's basketball. 
Basketball. First professional basketball game. Baseball. <laughs> baseball. All right, you still got a chance for a passing grade here. Because, like, they're always... Ugh. All right, we just talked about movies in the break. Uh, three of the most famous sports movies of all time were filmed in Indiana. Oh, no. Okay. I just need you to use your context clues here. I need two out of three of them. I don't need all three. I need two out of three. Um, Use your context clues here. It's in Indiana. Right. Uh, Field of Dreams? It's in Iowa. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> you, you, you stepped on your toes with the, with the corn <laughs> reference. And, uh, I mean, I guess the state starts with the same letter. Okay. Um, dang it. I, I'm I'm just losing like all of the like all the names. Okay, think of think okay. I I, I'm gonna it. help you out with two of them. I'll help you out with two of them. Think of colleges in Indiana and then tell me what movies would be made about them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I get it. But I haven't seen a lot of these movies, so the problem is is like then I forget the names of them because I haven't I seen have them. I have a free copy of Ben Troop's Uncommon and Unfinished for someone who can call in 912-342-7184 and beat PJ to this question. Please do. 912-342-7184. Because I'm sure, like, I know... Three of the most famous sports movies of all time were made in Indiana. At least one of them's a, a basketball movie, right? They're sports movies. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, okay, also, sure. side note, we're the only two people here today, and so I am answering the phone. This could be bad. Uh, just hang with me here. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Yeah, we'll see what they say. All right, who we, who we got here? Hey, this is Willis Hunter. I used to work with BJ's dad, coaching soccer at Brunswick High. Will, what do you got for us? Well, I'd say Hoosiers is one. Hoosiers is one. <laughs> I need one more. <laughs> I'm going to guess Rudy. Rudy is it. The other one is... A League of Their Own, the classic Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna movie. <laughs> Will, I appreciate it, brother. We'll uh, put you on hold here. Just hang on with us. Uh, we're going to get you a copy of that book. Thanks. So there you go, PJ. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> that's that's Nailed hilarious. it. That's, I, that's what, just disgraceful. What's crazy is, like, I was so stuck on basketball, which, of course, like, Hoosiers. Like, literally all I had to say was the last name of the freaking school right yeah which like i i completely forgot about that one um well i didn't completely forget i knew no, that you sit there in your shame we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back you're gonna get my predictions for the national championship <laughs> sit in your shame pj we'll be right back right here on espn radio I, I just had to let that drop because pj is over here talking some sacrilege uh at the moment i don't know i mean did you just say steve winwood does a better version of higher love I thought that was just... Then the voice of an angel? Yeah, I thought that was widely regarded like as... Like, literally the closest we can get... The better, higher love. No, no, no. The closest we can get to the sound of heaven, which is Whitney Houston's voice. Two things can be good, right? Like, two things can be great, right? I don't think this version is bad. I just think Winwood's version is better. And, like, just because someone's... I don't know if I can look at you right now. Just because someone's the GOAT. Or a voice of an angel. It's like honestly right? the worst take you've ever had. Doesn't mean that everything they do it is incredible. It doesn't matter what song. Like I think of like great vocal performances, like Chris Stapleton doing Tennessee Whiskey. If Whitney Houston did Tennessee Whiskey, it's a better version. I don't know. It depends on your preferences, I guess. It's a, it's I'm, a, it's I'm, a I don't better know. version. 
I like I, I like Winwood's version. Quick better. question: Greatest national greatest. anthem of all time. I, the Whitney origin, Houston. The original the one. Bowl. The original. No. The original one. <laughs> <laughs> like what's some crusty old dude on like sitting outside watching a watching a naval you, battle? You can't tell me. <laughs> I can. I can say with a great deal of confidence. That Francis Scott Key did not do a better version of the national anthem than Whitney Houston. You know who really had the best one, and you can't, you can't tell me that anyone's done better than Fergie. I can tell you a at, lot of people. At the All Star Game. I've done better than. I guess, like you said, if you're going for comedic value, then yeah, <laughs> that's the goat. If you're looking for like just like tears running down people's faces, like No Sean Moreno, like where there's like the tears running down his face, like that's is Whitney. Every single time, there were tears running people's down, running down people's faces when Fergie was singing it, but <laughs> just, just like, for a different reason. Either pain, or or laughing. It's one of the best videos that I've seen. A long just time, all the NBA players. Well, I won't yeah. argue with that. I mean, incredible. Like, yeah, probably best version of the of the national anthem ever. Whitney no, Houston no, stick I just to your take. crushed it for sure. <laughs> the, the, I am sticking with my take original. about higher love. Oh, no, no, oh, about the national anthem. The original. All right. We got about five minutes left here. Well, I know uh, he wrote it. Did he sing it though? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure like he had to because he kind of had to like explain it to people. Like, all right, here's how. Oh. You're right. You're right. Sorry, your take. My your 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 pick. Your I mean, pick. we can stay Let's here if you want. No, to. no, 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 no. Let's get to that. Everyone wants to know. We got five minutes. Tell us before we ship Alabama, you off, Georgia, to the guys from Three and Out up at Coach's Corner in Savannah. They're coming to you live from there. Coach's Corner has an oyster roast going on all night for the national championship. All sports, all the time at Coach's Corner. All right. PJ already said he's rolling with the dogs. <sighs> I go back and I look at all of the big games Georgia has played recently. When I say big games, I mean against teams that either played in the national championship or teams that would go on to play in the national championship. And Kirby Smart's 0-5 in those games during his tenure at Georgia. Right? And has a lot of it been against Alabama? Sure. Right? But I go back and I look at who was playing quarterback for those teams when they beat Georgia. And I know Stetson Bennett has been a revelation at quarterback. He just came off one of the best Georgia quarterback performances we've ever seen uh, in the Orange Bowl on, on the biggest stage. Right? But look at who you've played against at quarterback and who you've lost to. Right? Go back to the national championship in 2017. You lose, you're holding Jalen Hurts down, and then Tua comes in and does what Tua does, right? Brings them back from that halftime deficit uh, and eventually throws the game winner to Devonta Smith, right? He's an NFL quarterback right now and had the Dolphins on the verge of making the playoffs, but more so than anything, they won a bunch of games in a row after losing a bunch of games in a row, and he started to click. So you lost to a future NFL quarterback, right? Flash forward to the next year. You kind of game plan for Tua. You're able to shut him down a little bit, and he's hurt. Jalen Hurts comes in. Jalen Hurts just led the Philadelphia Eagles to the playoffs, so you lost to a future NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. Go back to last year in the regular season. You lose to Mac Jones, who is an NFL quarterback now, who has taken the Patriots to the playoffs after they won, what, four games last year? Yeah. You lost to a future NFL quarterback. Go back to the 2019 SEC Championship. Maybe the greatest single season ever from a quarterback, but more so than anything, you lost to the number one overall pick at quarterback in Joe Burrow. 
what is happening or what happened in the SEC championship this year. You played against a guy who probably next year will be the number one overall pick at quarterback. And what did he do? Slice and diced you. You are better than 128 other teams. But the team who has the number one overall pick at quarterback, it's really hard to be better than them. Unless you have another dude who you can lean on and you feel comfortable going to him with the game. One of your keys was you can't have Stetson Bennett throw the ball 48 times. Right? You just you can't have that. It's a good point. Yeah. Right? It's it just it means the game's gone sideways. Mm-hmm. You want Stetson Bennett. We talked about it. Prior to the SEC championship, Stetson Bennett hadn't thrown the ball more than 20 times. And the 20 times came against Tennessee. Right. So it's just you can't have Stetson going out there and having to put this game on his shoulders. So with all that said, I just feel like with a lot of things being even, I know people like to focus on Georgia's defense and how great it is, and it is historically good. Alabama has a better secondary, right? Alabama still, Alabama still has Henry Toto and Chris Davis and those guys playing linebacker, right? They have Phil Mathis playing defensive line. They have Will Anderson, who's the best edge rusher in college football, who could potentially be the number one overall pick next year. Their defense is really good too, mm-hmm. right? They have a better wide receiver core than you do. Maybe not a better offensive line, but their offensive line shut you down in the last game. So a lot of things are even in this game. I look at the quarterback position, and I see a really good college quarterback, and I see the number one overall pick. And for that reason, I think in a closer game, I I think Alabama wins this football game. I know it's not what Georgia fans want to hear. I am absolutely going to be hoping that I am wrong tonight. Because, I mean, biggest Georgia fan you'll ever meet. Right yeah, here. Absolutely. I'm just trying to look at this from a realistic perspective. Right. And one team has a, a couple of number one overall picks potentially on their team. And it, it I, I thought the guys on SEC uh, or Good Morning SEC made a really good point. Would you rather have the better team with numbers or would you rather have the three best players? Right. Because Alabama has the three best players and Will Anderson, Bryce Young, and Jamison Williams. Yeah. And they absolutely show down the SEC championship. Are they going to do it again in the national championship? I think so. That's where I'm at. Yeah. All, all very good points. I know we're getting down to it there. All, all very good points for sure. And I, I think I, I want to hats off to you for, for taking it, the, the, the bias hat off, which I, I don't think you have on a lot of the times, but yeah. being completely unbiased with that. But, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Can can that defense and that defensive line get after if you, if you want and make to Bryce Young uncomfortable? Yeah, base one, yeah, best way to do it, Trevon Walker, just like a shoulder to the chest, and then go from there. Again, coming up, three and out is up next at 4 o'clock, and Savannah will bring you into Georgia pregame, 7 o'clock if you were in Brunswick and Waycross.